Today we are going to be looking again at 1 John, um, I mean Luke, <laughs> the Gospel of Luke, scene for scene. Um, before we start, I would just like to uh, pray for our missionaries, Brother Cal and Sue Lewis, who are COVID positive, and several families who have recently lost members to COVID. And just a reminder to please continue to stay safe and, um, and continue to encourage each other and pray for each other. Dear Lord, I do pray for Brother Callan Sue. I pray for his health as he's in the hospital. Please heal him, Lord. We ask that he may recover and continue serving you faithfully and whatever trial and, uh, and difficulty this is brought, that through it you may be glorified, Lord. That is our, our hope and our prayer. And Lord, we pray for comfort for our people who have been affected by this virus as well. In Jesus' name we pray. We're just going to jump straight into it this morning. Um, I'm going to put uh, the verse of meditation into the message at the end. You can take it with you and think further on it. But we're back in Luke. So, episode two. Um, these messages are um, a bit shorter than, than normal. It's not a church service. It's just to encourage you on a Sunday and continue giving you the word um, as we are unable to meet in person. <coughs> so Christmas in July, Luke chapter 2, the birth of Christ. You know, history doesn't tell us the exact month or, uh, or day. Um, we decided on December 5th, uh, December 25th, in the 4th century sometime, they, they wanted to celebrate and remember Christ's birthday, so the church unanimously decided, let's just do it on this day, but it could have been any day. It could have been July. <laughs> uh, but but um, there's some interesting misconceptions surrounding his birth, and and um, some key theological points that, that uh, or, or rather, um, not theological points, but um, areas of application that we overlook when we read through the story of Christ because we've read it a million times. And um, if we read it through, again, um, we might realize that the story is not so much familiar as we had thought. So, let's begin. <clears throat> um, it says in chapter 2, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire um, inhabited earth should be taxed. I'm not going to read the whole story. We're going to focus on something specific later in the passage. But let me tell it to you, since this is not just a textbook recollection of historical events, 
that it's written like a novel, like a story, an account of true events. So scene two is, or episode two, is Mary and Joseph heading back to his ancestral home, which is Bethlehem. So the Roman Empire was divided into provinces, and the uh, Palestine was a collective name for uh, several uh, province, provincial bodies. Um, I believe Syria was one of them, way up to the north. Uh, Galilee was another, and then Judea to the south. And um, Joseph uh, resided in Galilee, in Nazareth, a town called Nazareth. Um, and because the taxing, it wasn't taxing money, but it was used later, <laughs> the information to tax people, was a census, uh, a gathering of um, everyone to uh, determine their family lineage and to, uh, to count them. So they had to go back to where they were originally, uh, where their lineage comes from. And because Joseph is from the line of David, King David of Bethlehem, he needed to return there with his, um, engage, uh, with his um, spouse, Mary, who was at this time uh, pregnant. And, um, and so they went. Galilee is quite um, up north. Um, and you travel down to Bethlehem, which surprisingly is not that far away from um, Jerusalem. <clears throat> In fact, it's only about 12 kilometers or so away from Jerusalem uh, on a modern uh, in the modern day, there's a tar road between the two, and it takes you 15 minutes to drive it. Uh, but even in that day, there was a road leading to there. Um, the Romans even built aqueducts spanning the entire 10 kilometers from Bethlehem to feed water to, to Jerusalem. And the other important thing was there were shepherds. If you see a picture of the entrance of Bethlehem, today it's a city of hundreds of thousands of people, but back then it would have been a much smaller, more humble uh, residence. But you see, there's one road leading in and out of the city, and there's um, a caveat with a little ravine in the middle uh, where sheep would graze, and it's the same place where David fought Goliath, and it's the same place where the shepherds of Bethlehem would go and take their sheep to graze just outside of the city, close to Jerusalem. And this is relevant, and we're going to get to that. So they arrive, and um, the other gospel tells us that because everyone had flocked to the city for the census, there was no place for them to actually sleep. And so they had to find more um, rustic accommodation for themselves. <laughs> it says, um, while they were there, she gave birth. Um, I don't believe it was on the night they arrived. Um, it, it, it says, uh, 
very soon after um, the census could have taken an extended period of time considering the number of people that were there. But sometime soon after they arrived, everything was filled up and the only place that they could uh, stay was the place where the animals were kept. Um, um, there's um, sources that said it was actually a cave and the manger was a place where the, where the animals ate their food out of and it would have been carved out of a rock, uh, the rock face of the cave. I don't know. <laughs> but humble beginnings for our great Lord. And then on this amazing night, not too far off, in the fields of Bethlehem, this happened. I'm reading from chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, verse 8. Let's read it. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same area there were shepherds, living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were very afraid. But the angel said to them, Listen, do not fear, for I bring good news of great joy which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David Excuse me. a Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in Strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly with him the angel of a company of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see what has happened. So they came and hurried and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made it widely known. The word which was told concerning this Christ. And all those who heard it marveled at what the shepherds told them. Mary kept it in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So this was this wonderful night. So I forgot to pray for the beginning of the message. Let's pray now as I'm done reading the word. And we'll look at the three great titles of Christ. The response of the shepherds should equal our response. 
to the gospel and then the praise of the angels and the meaning that we should carry with that as we go out as the shepherds did. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you we can learn about the birth um, of our Lord Jesus Christ and what it means for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so the shepherds are sitting around at night. The flocks are grazing. And, um, and suddenly the angel of, an angel of the Lord appears. Now every single occurrence of an angel appearing to someone, they were afraid. <laughs> um, I can't imagine ever meeting an angel, and I think our misconceptions of what they would look like if they ever appeared in physical form today in any way would surprise us greatly. <laughs> Movies often depict angels as being among us, unseen. Um, there are a few occurrences of that in scripture. Um, I can think of only two, actually. The overwhelming majority of an angel appearing to someone with a message from the Lord is fear and awe and trembling. <laughs> they don't hide the fact that they are a messenger from God. And the response or the the word from the angels are also very similar every time. Do not be afraid because I bring a message. In this case, he says, of great joy. Something wonderful has happened tonight. A baby has been born and he refers to Jesus Christ, the baby swaddled in, in cloths, lying and sleeping in um, um, a manger as a crib. And he says three things about Christ. He says, this night in the city of David, a Savior is born. A Savior. Christ came in his ministry and his teaching and his miracles to one end that he willingly died on the cross for our sins as the sacrificial lamb, as the atonement lamb once and for all, paid by his blood. Certainly, we need saving. And the promised Savior arrived this night. That was the first thing that they needed to know. The second was he was called the Christ or the Messiah. For the Jewish nation, the promise of delivery and of, um, of return and, the, and, and a Lord that keeps his promises and is faithful, uh, 
their Messiah, the, the prophesied Messiah. Now it says to all people because in the New Testament we read that um, we do not, the church does not replace the nation of Israel in any way. Um, those promises still apply to them. But because salvation is now freely available through Christ to all that we have been grafted in with them in the, the grace of God. So in a sense, the Messiah to us as well, looking forward to the future, to today, <coughs> and to his second coming. Many of the messianic promises in the Old Testament does refer to Christ's second coming. And that's the second thing they needed to know about this small child. And thirdly, it says, Christ the Lord. Now, this is important because this word translated is the, the, um, the covenant name for God, Yahweh, um, God. The angel declared to the shepherds that on this night a Savior is born. This baby is your Messiah, and he is God. The, the scriptures tell us that the, the mystery of the triunity of the Godhead is, is that um, God is a spirit. He doesn't um, uh, have <laughs> a form. Again, this misconception of a bearded man, it's, it's silly. The Bible tells us that to see God is see Jesus Christ. He is God. Willingly um, emptied himself of some of his godly attributes to become a man. Not lessening him as God in any way in his essence and in his being. But he was born as a real child, a person, a person with two natures, a human nature and a divine nature. Do not forget when you see this child, this baby, this man that will, that will feel the pains of human um, emotion and hunger and thirst and exhaustion and joy and all the things that come with being human that he is God. Then the, the angel is joined by a choir of heavenly hosts praising God. I can't imagine what these shepherds must have thought. If you've ever seen somebody dumbstruck, it must have been these guys. And they say, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men. Again, we read over that and we think, oh, wonderful. Um, <clears throat> but actually, this declaration 
of the angels carries a significant um, uh, requires excuse me time to pause and think it's not goodwill universally to all men on earth listen closely glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill towards men goodwill from God um, in other words, uh, peace to those who God is pleased with. That the goodwill from God, um, more directly, it would be better to say that there is goodwill shown or there is peace to those whom God has, um, who, whom God is pleased with. Does that make sense? So it's on an individual level that the angels are speaking, not a universal, and now everything will be fine. Everything will be great from now on. It clearly doesn't work that way what the angels were declaring was <clears throat> that humankind has been in rebellion with God since the garden that we have never fully realized our human purpose to be in fellowship with God and to um, enjoy him and, and, f and to worship him and that, 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 that he could love us. And that relationship has always been never completely mended. But in Christ, it can. And for the first time in history, the angels declared that there will be peace between God and man, a way to peace through Christ, and that those who accept Christ and place faith in Him, that there will be goodwill, there will be, uh, God will take pleasure in those people. For the first time, Peace, true restoration of relationship has been made possible through the birth of this child. And the angels react accordingly. Um, the shepherds react accordingly. They stop what they're doing and they go and see for themselves and they see truly there is a baby and the things the angels said were true and why would there be any reason to doubt them? Um, after, after that, and it says that same night, they just start telling everyone. <clears throat> Can you imagine the excitement knocking on doors in the middle of the night, um, shouting from the streets, the Messiah has come. Salvation has come. 
and they made it widely known and everyone marveled, you, you saw what? They said, what? The response was accurate. You know, I've always wondered, why, why the shepherds? Why did the angels appear to the shepherds? He could have appeared to anyone um, in any occupation, in any um, place nearby. The angel, uh, I mean, I think... And this is my opinion, that there is a significance that those were shepherds. You see, because Bethlehem was so close to Jerusalem, the shepherds tended flocks all year around. And many of them were used in temple sacrifice for the atonement sacrifice, for example, that happened once a year a spotless lamb needed to be slaughtered. And it was those shepherds' duty to care for the sheep all year round for the sacrifices and to provide that lamb for the temple sacrifice. A spotless lamb. <coughs> you know, there's a, a short story, and I mentioned it in Wednesday um, a Bible study also speaking about the incarnation of Jesus. Please go listen to that if you haven't. Um, there's an, a, a show on the internet called Chosen, and it documents, um, or rather tells the story of Christ's life, and it's, uh, it's wonderfully made, I think, and they retain a lot of the theological aspects of the messages and the truths therein. Um, but before that, the person that made that show made a short story about this night. And it ends with the shepherds running through the streets, telling everyone what they saw. And someone comes out and said, have you brought the lamb? Is that why you're here? Have you brought a spotless lamb? Have you, have you found a spotless lamb to be sacrificed? And one of the shepherds says, yes. We have found him. You can make what you will with the, the significance of that. But I think there's some logic to that. The shepherds would understand. A lamb, a small baby sheep. Innocent. would be destined to be sacrificed for the sins of those of others. And this small baby would grow up and live only past 30 and be sacrificed for the sins of the world as a man. Now he is seated at the right hand of the Father, glorified in heaven, and we praise him. But the significance, I think, is there a little bit, if you think about it. What I want to leave you with today is the response of these shepherds. And I want us to relate and kindle that response in us. 
When I started the Hebrew series, I said that Paul makes this strong argument that if you heard a message from an angel to do something, he appeared in all the glory and, and, and frightening uh, reverence that you would expect that the angels appeared to the shepherds as, and that angel told you something, he gave you a message, would you act indifferently to it? Would you just take it by a stride or tell the angel, you know what, I'm running late um, and walk past? No, you would go out and proclaim it. Your response would match the situation. And in Hebrews, Paul says, the very Christ, the God incarnate, the, 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 the living word that, and, and, and his teaching and the act on the cross. And yet we are so indifferent to it. When we heard it from Christ himself. Can we not marvel like the shepherds did? And spread the gospel enthusiastically and joyfully like they did. When you got saved, if you are saved this morning and you're listening, you understand the truth um, of what the scripture teaches about salvation. That it is not through works, that it is only in faith um, in the person of Jesus Christ and the understanding of the cross and truly repenting in our heart for our sins and turning to God for forgiveness of those sins through Jesus Christ. Do you remember the joy you felt that day when you gave your heart to the Lord, when you surrendered yourself and were, and were saved? Do you remember the... And, and not that there's always an accompanying emotion, but do you remember the person you were before to the person you are now? Do you remember um, hearing it for the first time and saying, no one has ever told me this before? Every time I share the gospel, nine times out of ten, I ask them, have you heard this before? They say, no. We've been in church years. I've never heard this before. And I simply share a 10-minute gospel with them. The truth. What is taking your enthusiasm away? Why are we so indifferent to the power of the gospel that has saved us? And yet, we are so indifferent to shouting it from the rooftops. <laughs> Not to say that we should. The church can't. We, we're struggling with our evangelism, evangelism ministry because of COVID. But every time you drive through a toll gate and every time you, you go to the shop to buy groceries... We have thousands of tracts at church that need to be handed out. And we have hundreds of thousands of people in this city that still need to hear the gospel. 
I want to finish our um, word of um, meditation from Hebrews, making this case. He says, um, For to which of the angels did he say, did the Lord say, at any time, you are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. This person that is exalted, that is um, equal in power and essence and, 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 um, and being with God the Father, that they are, are one God in, in three persons. He goes on to say later in chapter 2 of Hebrews, Yet now... We do not uh, see all things that uh, things subject to him, saying that everything in all of creation is subject to Christ. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. To suffer death crowned with glory and honor, honor, so he might, by the grace of God, should experience death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all of one with a capital letter. <coughs> He was made a little lower than the angels to suffer and die so that many sons, not just this little boy that was born, many sons could come to glory through Christ. That is the story of Christmas, that it points directly to the cross and everything in between is the ministries and the teachings that form our faith. But between this day and that day, there is a direct line. This spotless lamb, this young baby child, will suffer and die for our sins. And that is the message we must remember as we celebrate Christmas in July this morning. And uh, next we will look at uh, the tale of um, his circumcision <laughs> and the wise men 
which uh, came many years later, in fact. It, it's not part of the Christmas story. Another uh, myth about them, they came when he was a young child, actually, not, not nearly close to <laughs> the night he was born. Let us pray, and I pray for you that you may be reinvigorated to share the gospel as if an angel appeared to you today commanding it. For the command is from one much higher and much greater. Share the gospel vigorously, passionately, joyfully. Tap into the joy when you were saved. Tell your story to people as it was told to you as the shepherds were. And remember the, those three things when we think of baby Jesus and Christmas and draw that straight line to the cross. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word and for your message this morning. My heart goes out to our people. Please be with them, encourage them, comfort them. We need you, Lord, so much. You help us to, to put aside our pride and our, our independent um, thinking and let us be dependent on you and lean on you as as you command and obey you we thank you for your love and your grace and your goodness in our lives in jesus name